Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday the 5th of October 2020. Uh, You're very welcome to join us as we begin our Bible study for another week. And we're following once again the PRISM Bible study series that has been produced by our Presbyterian Church uh, to help us come out of lockdown and back into the world again. Uh, This week the theme is Resent. And uh, it's the idea of being resent by God out into the world with the gospel, with the good news, to tell a world that is lost that there is a saviour. And we're going to base our uh, studies this week around Acts 27. We're going to look at Acts 27 today and tomorrow and then look at some other passages that link in with it. Acts 27 is the account of Paul uh, being taken as a prisoner to Rome uh, by ship across the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, They're travelling at the wrong time of year. It's winter, a storm comes up, the ship is is destroyed, they're shipwrecked on the island of Malta and Paul under these circumstances is re-sent with the gospel into a different situation uh, and to speak about the good news. So that's what we're going to be looking at today and again tomorrow. And if you you haven't heard the message from Sunday's uh, service, uh, there'll be a link down below that you can uh, listen to that service again. And in that service, I read uh, Acts 27 as well. And so you'll be able to get all the details. So this is our Bible study sheet for this week. Um, It's week number five, Resent. And it's uh, sharing God as good news in the aftermath, in the aftermath of lockdown, in the aftermath of the pandemic. And it's this idea, is our theme this week, of meeting fear with faith. That we may be fearful of what we're to called upon by God to do now. And we're to meet that fear with faith in Jesus Christ. We also go out into a world where people are fearful at the moment. And they're unsure of what's going to happen in the future. And again, we meet that fear that we encounter with faith in Jesus. And we bring faith into the situation where people have fear. So what does it say on our sheet this week? Well, the spiritual atmosphere of any generation uh, are uh, a bit like changeable weather we experience in Ireland. Very hard to read. In any one day, there can be the equivalent of sunshine and showers, even the odd rumble of thunder or bolt of lightning. So how will the culture in which we are sent to share Jesus have changed due to coronavirus? There will be no one answer to that question. The hardest atheist will still say these things happen in a world governed by nothing more than chance and natural selection. The religious fanatic will still interpret the coronavirus as the judgment of God on a world turned away from his ways. And there will be everything in between in the views of people we know and to whom God sends us to share the good news. For many, the idea of God as good news at all will be hard to stomach. They are more likely to see him as a culprit or cause of the coronavirus. So the questions being asked here, what do you sense is the spiritual atmosphere as a result of the coronavirus 
pandemic and I don't know what your experience has been but uh, depending on who I'm talking to there seems to be a wide range of of thoughts on this. Uh, Some people have turned back to God in, in these days and some people have become even more hardened by God. One thing that's indisputable in the aftermath of the coronavirus is the growth of a culture of fear. Before the pandemic life went on as though human progress had made us invincible. There was a sense that nothing could shake our Western way of life economically, scientifically, socially, ethically and commercially. And as a reality that a tiny virus could stop the whole world in its tracks set in, that myth we had lived with for a long time exploded without warning. Fear was suddenly everywhere. It spread a it spread eclipsed out of the pandemic itself. It cast its shadow over the news. It was tangible as we stood in shop queues. It expressed itself in conversation as we shared our everyday views. So how will we live and speak into this culture of fear as God resends us into the world that has experienced pandemic to be witnesses to the truth and power of the gospel of peace? We're going to have a look at the story from Acts 27 and uh, verses 13 to 44 in which Paul models how to meet fear with faith. And again, there's that wonderful little phrase that we're going to keep coming across throughout this week. Uh, To meet fear with faith as he experienced stormy seas with a ship full of hardened unbelievers. As we do so, let's reflect on how it might guide us in sharing Jesus in the aftermath of the pandemic. So we're being asked to read Acts 27 and uh, all of these verses. And to do so slowly, listen carefully, pay attention to the details. So either open up your Bible and take time to read it. Uh, and to read it slowly, I know it's a long chapter but and there's a lot in it, or go back and listen to the message from Sunday uh, because there, there's a lot there about uh, what God is saying to us and we have this uh, idea of these four anchors that we're putting down uh, to help us see through the darkness of the night and come to the glorious dawn uh, in Jesus Christ. So as we're looking for the parallels in this story, the thought here is quite interesting. The sailors set off believing that they could ride out the storm by their clever sailing techniques. In no time at all, they find themselves at the mercy of the hurricane-force storm in verse 14. They're no longer able to manage. They find themselves carried along by events outside of their control and they still do what they can, but fear has set in. They finally give up all hope of being saved in verse 20. And here the question is, how does this set of circumstances parallel some of what we saw happen in society during the period of the pandemic? Uh, And this is just our society today where there are so many who believe that they can ride out the storm. There are so many who believe that they have the skills that will allow them to accomplish whatever they set their mind to. And nothing will stop them from being able to do that. 
They have an arrogance that they know better than anyone else. They don't need God. They never give a thought of God. And therefore, their destiny is in their own hands. And we see that day by day in the people that we meet who do not want to think about God or think about anyone who's greater than them. They are the ones who are in control. And perhaps some of people with that attitude have uh, began to think it through more seriously and, and question whether that is really the case or not. Paul is in the boat at the time all this is happening. The sailors and soldiers with whom he was sharing the journey uh, would have known who he was and that he was a prisoner going to stand trial before Caesar uh, because he was a follower of Jesus. So how do you think Paul felt as he experienced the storm as a follower of Jesus? Was he totally free from fear? What fears has the experience of the pandemic brought to the surface in your life? Did you have fears? How did your faith in God help you counter fear? Uh, With which unbelievers did you share the journey? Talk about other parallels you can see between the story and our situation today. And I think this is where we're in this dilemma because we know that God tells us, do not fear. And yet fear is something that is all around us at the moment. And no matter how much we trust in Jesus Christ and no matter how much we heed that command, do not fear, trust in me, We still have fear because there's uncertainty around us and we may be fearful about coming back to church again. We may be fearful about going into shops. We may be fearful about just getting about in daily life and doing the things that we need to do. And so the question is, how can we meet this fear? And Paul tells us here, and we see from Paul's example, that we meet it with faith. We put our faith in Jesus Christ and we trust in Jesus. Now as I said on Sunday there was still wise to be cautious even though we're trusting. It's wise to take things slowly and to look carefully at what God is doing and not just to be foolhardy and rush right in and say well God will protect me there'll be no problems here. And so we meet this fear with faith that God knows what is best and that we can trust in him. So let's take a moment uh, just to pray together and ask that during this week, as we think about these things, that we would have faith that would grow and that we can trust in Jesus. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the faith that we can place in you. We pray, Lord, that you would strengthen that faith, especially as we see fear all around us. We thank you that we've got an alternative to the fear. And therefore, Lord, we ask that we might be able to put our faith in you, that you would strengthen that faith and that we would then be able to share that faith with others. Help us, Lord, to speak about what we believe. Help us, Lord, to tell others how we're getting through these incredible circumstances. Help us, Lord, day by day, we pray. For we want to trust in Jesus more and we pray that you would take that tiny mustard seed of faith and cause it to grow and grow so that we might remain faithful to you. We ask all these things in your name, Lord. Amen. 
Welcome to Beside the Burn for Tuesday the 6th of October. Uh, we're continuing in Acts 27 today and this is part 2 of our recent Bible study. And uh, today we're continuing to look at uh, Paul and his shipwreck and uh, we're going to ask that God would speak to us and he would guide us. And uh, just to remind you that Beside the Burn is our series of Bible studies in Burnside. As the name Burnside suggests, uh, we are uh, Burn as the Ulster Scotland for a little stream uh, and so we're beside the burn is our attempt uh, to fulfill Psalm 23 and uh, verse 2 where we're told he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters and so beside the burn is beside the quiet waters where we gather with God and we gather with his word to listen to what he has to say and pray that he would refresh our souls and that he would restore us day by day as we come into his word. So today we're going to continue through the Prism Bible Study uh, sheet, and you can download it uh, just below this on the blog. And then tomorrow and Thursday and Friday, we're going to look at three other passages and see how they relate to this. So we've been reading Acts 27, you might find it helpful to go and look at it again. Uh, and here today we're looking at some of the patterns that we see from this passage. And we read here that Paul stands up and speaks to the sailors about God twice in the story. The first time he strikes a fine balance between pointing out how they hadn't listened to what he had said to them before and then encouraging them that they need not be lost, offering hope and inviting them to share his faith in God. And you can read that in verses 21 and 25. What do you feel we most want to say to unbelievers in the aftermath of the coronavirus pandemic? Where might we need to temper that or be less timid to strike the kind of balance that Paul patterns for us here? And, and this is the occasion where we have the good news and we recognise that people need to hear that good news. Now, hearts are hardened and People do not want to hear the gospel, but at the same time, God has given us this good news and therefore we should want to share it with others. We're going to look later on in this week at a, a wonderful story from Second Kings where there are some lepers and they are outside of the city that has been besieged by the enemy. And they decide that uh, they are going to die anyway. So they might as well go into the enemy camp, surrender themselves in the hope that the enemy will feed them and that they won't die. And whenever they get into the enemy camp, well, we're going to look at it in a couple of days time. But they had the good news that the enemy had gone. And were they going to keep it to themselves? No, they wanted to share it with others. And that's what we need to do here. We need to share the good news with others. The second time that Paul speaks, he offers practical advice. And you can see that in verse 31. He also offers pastoral concern that they would eat. And then also prayer in verse 35. And in the end, the ship runs aground and is broken to pieces on the rocks, just as Paul said it would be in verse 26. But Paul has left an impression on the centurion in whose charge he was a prisoner because he stops the soldiers from killing Paul. 
And that is where we are at. This centurion is listening to Paul and is impressed by Paul. And we are re-sent into this world so that others will look at us and will see the possibility of following Jesus. What have we learned so far about practical, pastoral and prayerful witness as we have lived through the period of the pandemic? What might that look like in bearing witness to people, picking up the pieces in the aftermath of its effects? What do we hope will leave an impression for God in their life? We hope that our love and our concern and our care for others will make an impact. We hope that in this world where there is a certain amount of fear and uncertainty at the moment, that whenever people are met with the grace of Jesus Christ and are met with the good news, that they would realise that it's good news and that they would trust God for it. So we look here at Paul's example of sharing the good news to people who didn't want to hear it uh, and we try and follow that example. Uh, And so there are three little sections here on, on the Bible study sheet about thinking and living and praying. Thinking first of all, what has reading this story against the background of your experience of the period of coronavirus pandemic caused you to think about again? And it might be how we're frightened to share the good news. It might be how good the good news is and how we should be sharing it. Living in what specific ways will that make you change the way you live as a follower of Jesus? How might it reshape an aspect of your congregation's life? Well, we recognise that time is short. We recognise that life can be just upset in a few moments, in a few days. We went from worshipping to not being allowed to gather together for months. And we realise that our times are very much in God's hands and that God has a plan for all of us. And then pray together for strength to follow through on what God has taught each person and the implications for your life together as a congregation. And then there's uh, this promise from Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And this is how we meet fear with faith. And that's been the message that has been coming through throughout this whole uh, passage, that the Holy Spirit is the one who will empower us. The Holy Spirit comes upon us and helps us to lead others out of fear and to find faith in Jesus. So let's end with this little prayer that we see here and let us pray. God of every age and people, as Jesus sent his first followers out into city, country and cultures not their own, we ask for the same promised Spirit's power as we are resent in witness to the world in which we find ourselves today. Give us sensitivity to spiritual atmospherics, ears for people's fears, practical pastoral and prayerful concern winsome invitations to the lost to find hope and faith in Jesus that a troubled world might know his peace and restoration. 
For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday the 7th of October. We're continuing in part 3 of Resent, thinking about being resent out into a world where there is great fear and we meet that fear with faith in Jesus Christ. And today we're coming to 2 Kings chapter 7 uh, verses 1 to 20. This is the passage that I started talking about yesterday and had to stop myself because I, I knew that we were going to look at it in detail today. Now you might find it helpful to go and read through 2 Kings 7 1 to 20. It's um, just a, an easy story to read, uh, but it's good just to refresh your memory of all the details as we go through and, and we talk about it today. And really, this is a story that encapsulates what it means to have good news and not keep it to yourself, but to go and share it with others. Because this is our problem. We have the best news that anybody could ever hear. We have the news that will make a difference to the world around us. But at times we keep that news to ourselves and we don't share it with others because we know that many don't want to hear it. Now, it may well be true that some people will not listen to us when we share the good news. It may well be that some people will question us and ridicule us for our beliefs. But there are those who will listen. And there are those who are longing to hear the gospel, but they just don't know that they need it at this time. And whenever we share it, they will come to faith in God. And so we need to be ready to go out and to share that good news. So here's the situation in Second uh, Kings chapter 7. The Israelites are under siege and therefore they need help. They have been surrounded um, and the, the prophet Elisha makes a bold claim. He claims that God is going to rescue the people. And so in verse 1, Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says about this time tomorrow. A sea of flour will sell for a shekel and two seas of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. Now, Israel is under siege. The city is under siege. They have very little food left. The enemy has surrounded them. Nothing is coming in or going out of the city. And food is at an absolute premium. It is running out. People are dying of starvation. And Elisha stands up and says, by this time tomorrow, You'll be able to buy food for next to nothing. You'll have everything that you need. You just need to trust in God. Now, this seems absolutely crazy. And if you read down through uh, the, the, the passage here, you'll see that this is what happens. But what we have here is this remarkable story. There were four men with leprosy. And they were at the entrance to the city gate. Obviously, they couldn't go inside the city because of their leprosy. They couldn't go anywhere else because they were surrounded by the enemy. They were starving. And they decided to themselves, you know what? 
We've nothing to lose here. We're about to die. Let's go to the enemy camp. Let's see if they will feed us. But what's the worst that could happen? Well, they could kill us, but we're going to die anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So off these four men went into the enemy camp, and they suddenly discovered that the enemy camp was empty. The enemy had gone. They disappeared. They didn't know where they'd gone. They didn't know why they had gone, but they were no longer there. And they walked into the camp, and... They could eat whatever they wanted. They could gather up whatever they wanted because everything had been left behind. And so they were going round and they ate and they drank and they carried away silver and gold and clothes and they went off and they hid them and they came back again and went into another tent and found stuff. But then in verse 9, they said to themselves, We are not doing right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. And so that is what they did. They went back. The king didn't believe them at first, but they went and they told others the good news. Now, at the moment, we are living in a world that has been under siege for a long time. People have rejected God and they have nothing to build their lives upon. And now whenever a virus strikes and there is fear all around, there's no structure to life anymore. There's nothing that you can have as a foundation that will hold you up. And yet you and I have the good news. And we're going out into a world now where people are falling apart and we know that we have a firm foundation and we know that we have a structure that will hold us together and we are able to cope with these situations because of that. Now we could quite simply get on with life and enjoy life and and do whatever we can knowing that God is with us and he will not let us go. But we're not doing right. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. We need to go out and tell others this good news. To tell others about our faith in Jesus Christ. To tell others that whenever we are fearful, we have someone greater than us to trust. And that's a message to you today that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your saviour, you can put your faith in him And meet this fear head on. Because Jesus will be with you. He doesn't promise that we'll not catch the virus. He doesn't promise that we'll not get ill. He doesn't promise that we'll be able to avoid the economic fallout from this whole situation. But he promises to be with us throughout it all. And he tells us that we need not fear the future because he is with us. So today, if you are fearful, meet it with faith. Realize the good news of the gospel that we have that is transformational. And let's take a moment now to pray to God and to thank him for his blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your blessing upon us. We thank you, Lord, for the faith that we have in you. And we thank you that that faith overcomes fear. 
Lord, we realise that we're not going to uh, avoid all the fallout from this coronavirus and the dangers that there are, but we thank you that we have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ on which we build our lives and therefore we will not be shaken no matter what comes our way. Help us, Lord, to trust in you and to follow you this day, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Thursday the 8th of October. We're continuing with our theme of Resent into a world that is filled with fear and we're meeting that fear with faith. We've been basing our thoughts this week on uh, Acts 27 where Paul was shipwrecked and there was a great storm and yet his life was saved and the lives of those around him. And he was resent with the good news of the gospel. And today we're going to look at another storm. And it's in Mark chapter 4 verses 35 to 41. And of course this is a storm where uh, the disciples are on the boat out in the lake. And Jesus is with them. And even though Jesus is with them the storm still picks up. It's raging all around them. Jesus is fast asleep on the boat and the disciples are filled with fear. They think, they they know that they are going to be killed, that this storm is going to take over the boat. They're all going to drown and so they go and they wake up Jesus. Now these are men who are used to being on boats on this lake. They are fishermen. They know what the storms are like and maybe that's why they were so worried because they had seen storms in the past and they perhaps, they obviously had survived them, but maybe this was worse than anything they had ever encountered before. And they realised that others who had been out in similar storms hadn't made it back and therefore they went to Jesus and they called out to him. And so as we look at this, verse Mark 4, verse 38, Jesus was in the stern and Jesus was sleeping on a cushion. And the disciples woke him because they thought they were goners and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? And it wasn't the fact that they were going and saying, We're all going to drown, we're all going to die. They came to Jesus and they accused Jesus, the Son of God, the one who had been with them. They accused him of not caring about them. And it's an incredible thought that we could come to God and say, don't you care? And yet, is that not what we do sometimes? Just things aren't working out in life. Things aren't going the way that we want them to go. And we go to God and we cry out to him and we said, Lord, do you not care about me? If you cared about me, I wouldn't be facing this pain. If you cared about me, other things would have happened and I wouldn't have to go through this. And we wake Jesus up even though he is with us. We wake him up. And we tell him that something is wrong and that we need his help. So what does Jesus do? Well, Jesus got up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. It's a simple thing that Jesus has done and what happens? Well, then the wind died down 
and it was completely calm. It's not that the, the storm just abated a little so that it was down to, and instead of being at a 10, it was down to about a 5. It was still a bit rocky, but they were going to be okay. No, completely calm, we're told, because Jesus spoke. Then we see he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And it's this idea again of fear and faith and how these two things are linked together. We meet fear with faith. Whatever it is in life that we are fearful about, whatever uncertainty it is that's coming up and we really don't know how to react, we come at it with faith in Jesus Christ. And whenever we do that, then we have a foundation, we have help, we have structure. So you know better than I know today what fears you have. What is it that you are frightened of? It could simply be the coronavirus. It could simply be society at large at the moment. You are fearful of, of going back out again, of being resent by God into this world because of all the stories and because of all the problems. But we're to go out with faith. We're to trust in God. Not that we are reckless, but that we trust that he will be with us wherever we go and whatever we do. The disciples were terrified at this. Jesus had just told them in that previous uh, verse that, um, you know, why are you so afraid? And he calms the storm, the thing that they were afraid of. But this makes them terrified now. Not just afraid, but absolutely terrified of him. And what he has done in his great power. Who is this, they say? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Whenever the disciples weren't obeying him, even the wind and the waves were obeying him. So let's come to God now in prayer. Let's ask him that he would help us meet our fear with faith and that we would trust in him that he is with us every single step of the way. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you are with us every step of the way. And Lord, we are sorry for those times whenever we have come to you and accused you of not caring about us. Help us, Lord, to trust you more. Help us to put our faith in you so that we would not be afraid, so that we would not be terrified. And Lord, as the wind and the waves obey you, help us to obey you as we are resent into this world. For we ask all of this in your name. Amen. Welcome to Beside the Burn for Friday the 9th of October. We've reached the end of another week. Part 5 of our Bible study, Resent, as we are resent out into the world. And uh, we're coming to the story once again uh, of another uh, ship and a storm. And we're coming to Jonah today. And there are a number of parallels in Paul's shipwreck in Acts 27 with Jonah and the whole story. We probably know the story quite well, so we'll not read uh, all of it, but we'll read a little bit today. But there are some striking differences in these two stories as well. 
If you think about Paul's shipwreck in Acts 27, the people were saved because Paul was on the ship. If it hadn't been for Paul, then the ship would have been destroyed and there would have been loss of life. The promise that Paul was given was that if everyone stayed on the ship, then they would all be saved. But for Jonah, it's very different. Jonah's presence on the ship is the problem. Jonah is going somewhere where he shouldn't have been. And because he is there, the storm comes and the people are only saved when Jonah is thrown overboard into the sea. So let's have a little look at the story. And sure, you could go and have a read through Jonah. It's only four chapters. It's not a long story and it will help you. And I'll try and put a link below to a song by Ian White about Jonah. We've sung a few, or we've heard a few psalms from Ian White. Uh, On Sunday, we were uh, using the song, Though I Feel Afraid of Territories Unknown, uh, by Ian White. And this is a great song about Jonah uh, that he has. And, And have a listen to it, and it'll just remind you of the story and the emotions of the story as well. So what happened? Well, at the start of Jonah in verses 1 to 3, we're told how Jonah got into this uh, situation. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and Jonah was told, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Now, as we see in the story, the reason that Jonah ran away was because he did not want the residents of Nineveh to be saved. They were wicked people. They deserved to be punished. They did not deserve salvation. And Jonah didn't want to be the one who would bring it to them. So instead of going to Nineveh, he went off to Tarshish in the other direction. He gets on the boat And that's where he heads off to. And then uh, I want us to um, to just read uh, Jonah chapter 2 because there's some great uh, words and such a great message here in Jonah 2. As we get to Jonah 2, this is Jonah's prayer and he is inside the fish at this point. He's been thrown overboard to save the people in the boat and now this is his prayer Uh, inside the fish. In my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. From the depths of the grave, I called for help and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. 
And the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Chapter 2 is such an incredible chapter in Jonah. Reminding us of the salvation that is ours in God. That whenever things are so bad that we are sinking deep, God comes along and picks us up and gives us new life. He brings salvation to us. Salvation comes from the Lord, as Jonah says. And as we go out into a world resent again by God, where we are fearful and the world is fearful, we need to remember that God will not forsake us. Jonah disobeyed and yet God was still with him in the fish and he was saved. And here we are seeking to obey God, not disobey him. We're seeking to obey his commands and do what he tells us. And Jonah then obeyed the word of the Lord. He went to Nineveh. Now Nineveh was a very important city. A visit required three days. On the first day, Jonah started into the city. He proclaimed 40 more days and Nineveh will be overturned. And the Ninevites believed God. They declared a fast and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. Jonah preached the message and the people responded. Jonah didn't even want to preach the message because he didn't want them to respond. He didn't want them to be saved. And chapter 4 goes on to tease that out even more for us. But here we are being re-sent out into the world. We've got a message, we're called upon to tell it and to share it. And a reluctant prophet like Jonah sharing the good news brought about the salvation of many. Imagine if we go out, not reluctantly, but with fear and trembling, but trust in God and faith in God. Imagine what he can do under those circumstances. So let's pray together now. Heavenly Father, we pray to you this day because you are the one who saves. Salvation comes from you, Lord, and therefore we trust in you. Lord, as we pray to you today, we recognize that there are people we know who need you. And so, Lord, we simply name them before you in our hearts. You've you've just brought them into our minds. We can picture their faces and we know how much they need you. And so, Lord, we pray today for their salvation. And we ask, Lord, that we wouldn't be reluctant like Jonah, but that we would be ready to go forth with your good news and to share it with others. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.